Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. On this episode of Big Boys Don't Cry, we discuss the film Trading Places. You don't have to have seen the film to enjoy the podcast, but if you do listen without having seen it, just be aware that the plot of the film will be spoiled for you. Enjoy. Hey, jingity jing, it's Dominic the donkey, jingity jing, the Italian Christmas donkey, la 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 la. Now, now I'm recording, so that means now we have to do all that again. Uh, we just, we just found the meaning of so life. Take, take it again from the top. Sing, motherfucker. <laughs> it's the most wonderful time of the year. Nice. What time is that? It's big boys time. It's the best time of every year. It's big boys time. Oh no! Now I've gone off. I've gone off script. <laughs> our, our highly polished and scripted show. I've, I know, I've yeah. ruined it. I, I, I'm I'm now flipping through the pages, thinking, "Oh God, where's it going? What's happening here?" Yeah. So on page seventy-two, you'll see that I I uh, gave you a little note there on your your thing, just to you know spice up your delivery. <laughs> it's a drawing of a penis. <gasps> I say. My my favorite thing is. Have you seen Dick Butt? Yes. Yeah. Who just, came up with that? I I think it was some random cartoonist, wasn't it? I do believe so. Yep. Um. So whenever someone looks at something shocking on a piece of paper, on a in a movie or in a TV show or whatever, um, I always think <laughs> they're just looking at Dick Butt, just a surprise Dick Butt. Yep. Which is which is fine because even though it's a little bit rude, it's still kind of wholesome, isn't it? compared yeah. to most of what's out there on the internet that's what they could be looking at it could be you know the announcement that boris johnson's become prime minister or pepe the frog or something you know yeah there's the, it's an innocent thing dick Butt. all things that i hope will be left behind as we enter a new decade yeah uh, we're entering the future it feels like it's the future doesn't it it does 2020 like, We've already gone past a lot of things where it's like, oh, that's the year it was in that movie. Can you believe it? Is there anything that's set in the like 2020s? Any films? Yeah, there must be. But yeah, um, but yeah we've just passed Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm sure there's bound to be. Silent Green? When's that set? 1992. <laughs> oh, God damn it. <laughs> I don't know. Possibly. <laughs> I've um, never seen it. I just know about it from The Simpsons. Soil and Green, which I'm sure is probably like ninety percent of people's um, experience. Um, yeah, so- Soil and Green's actually quite a good film. Twenty twenty two. I wasn't far off. Yeah, yeah, twenty twenty two. We've still got That's two good. years to turn it into a reality. In the year twenty twenty two, the cumulative effects of overpopulation, pollution, and the associated effects of global warming have caused severe worldwide shortages of food, water, and housing. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, that definitely sounds like it could happen. Yeah. Um, although we're more likely to go. Have you seen Snowpiercer? No, I know of it. Would you like me to? Sp- I mean, man, Bong Joon Ho. Yeah. Do, would you like me to spoil a tiny element of it? Uh, uh, yes, sure. Why not? Um, so all of the lower class people on the train, um, they get given these weird sort of like jellified cubes to eat, um, and it turns out that they've been just harvesting cockroaches, and it's oh, just right. cockroach mulch. Um, How does it taste? Eating. I imagine probably not too great, but, you know, a bit of spice. Put some smoked paprika on that cockroach, I bet it tastes great. Yeah, exactly. It's not what you've got, it's about how you use it. Yes, exactly. So we do have um, Edge of Tomorrow, apparently, was set in 2020. Okay, okay. What's um, that? Is that like um, Edge of 17? <laughs> it's um, it's the one where you might have seen it and think, oh, that's a film called Live, Die, Repeat, because Live, Die, Repeat was always put much bigger in the marketing than Edge of Tomorrow. Right. Um, yeah, that's the thing where they've got a really good slogan, but they think, oh, this slogan couldn't possibly work as the title for the film. No. So, uh, yeah. Um, then 2021, we've got uh, Johnny Mnemonic, which is a great movie. Have you ever seen that? No. It's an awesome cyberpunk movie based on a William Gibson uh, story. Oh, sweet. Um, at the end of that, spoiler alert, there's a hyper-intelligent dolphin. 
<laughs> it's, it's not a spoiler as long as you don't say what the dolphin does. No, maybe no. maybe it just hangs it's, out. It's super great. I really love that movie. It's got Dolph Lundgren being evil. Dolphin Lundgren. <laughs> he is not a dolphin, um, but he's playing evil Jesus mercenary. He's a mercenary who thinks he's the second coming of Christ or something like that. It's great. And not a mercenary of Jesus. No, no. And um, we also have a quiet place and seeking a friend for the end of the world in twenty twenty one. That's a film we watched for this podcast. It is. It is. Um, and then we've got the Purge movies, 2022, alongside Soylent Green. So in, in 2022, we'll either all be killing each other on one day of a year, or we'll be eating each other all the time and not knowing it. Oh, God, is that a spoiler? <laughs> <laughs> spoiler alert for, for Soylent Green. God, I'll if, do it in my, my opening if you, thing. Yeah, if you haven't watched Soylent Green by this point. Or if you somehow you've never seen the reference to it that was in The Simpsons. <laughs> yeah, then, uh, then yeah, uh, it just got ruined for you. Um, soz guys. <laughs> yeah, the spoiler is, Soylent Green is an old professor man. He's made of soy. <laughs> yeah, Soylent Green. Yeah. Um, so he's a soy boy. Uh, in 2025, we have the incredible movie Time Cop 2. Time Cop 2? I yeah. didn't know there was a Time Cop 1. Have you never seen Time Cop? No. Time Cop? Is it like Robocop? No, unfortunately not. Jean-Claude Van Damme is a cop and they have a time machine. And rather than using it to go back and solve crimes, so they don't go back and like punch Hitler in the balls or whatever, um, instead they they chase after time thieves, so people who go back in time and alter events to get money and things like that. It's very, right. very stupid. Who watches amazing. the Time Men? Exactly, exactly. Right. You know. I see, I see. Um, we have Children of Men in 2027. Um, then we have the 2014 version of Robocop is apparently set in 2028. Right. Well, done, I haven't guys. seen that. I is it rubbish? I haven't either because it looked awful. <laughs> um, and then... Uh, Who Bi- was playing Robocop? Probably Justin Bieber or someone. It was... Um, what's his name? Uh, he is in various things. He's actually quite good. Um, he was in um, House of Cards. Um, oh, I know that guy, Kevin Spacey. <laughs> it was not Kevin Spacey. Um, uh, was his name Joel? Um, what was Joel his? Terminator. Joel, <laughs> Joel Terminator. That's his name. Joel Kinnaman. Do you know? Do you know Joel Kinnaman? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was he was RoboCop. House of Cards um, was good. That's a that's a series like with lots of episodes that's really long that I've actually seen. Yes, yeah, it was a very good show. You know, I never have, have time to watch like actual long series or anything. I saw that one. It was yeah, it's good. It's good. Um, and then twenty twenty nine, we'll finish it in twenty twenty nine. We'll do the decade. Uh, that's when the Terminator takes place. So all of the all future right. bits of the Terminator where they're running around in like horrible disaster landscape, getting killed by robots. Um, that is 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 uh, twenty twenty nine. Sweet, that's actually not a bad decade of films, I guess. Got some good if stuff. If this in was there. a different kind of podcast, we could do that. We could do films set in the future podcast. Or that, I mean, that's actually not a bad concept. If, if I was going for one of those, it would be films that were set in the future that are now set in the past. Mm. That that that's my yeah. niche, where it's like the year is nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, the year is. Um... 2019 <laughs> <laughs> like um, let it snow which we just did last yeah, week yeah which is which is um set in in 1976 i believe yeah <laughs> yep yeah. that was the year that they had sexy rappers and waffle houses yeah that's they don't exactly have those right. things anymore <laughs> my my favorite one of those things is um strange days which i don't have you ever seen strange days no um it's this great cyberpunk thriller uh, by Catherine bigelow um, starring um, various amazing people, so Ray Fiennes, Angela Bassett, Juliette Lewis, um, and it was made in 1995, set in 1999 at the turn of the millennium, and there's all sorts of crazy technology in it that they were just kind of expecting to appear in the next four years, <laughs> and 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 so it's this brilliant snapshot of what the not too distant future looked like as of the 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 mid 90s, and it's got lots of sort of like VR technology and things like that. Um, and it's great it really encapsulates that era very well Um, and also has an amazing cover version of Hardly Wait by PJ Harvey 
um, sung by Juliette Lewis, which is great. Um, it's a it's a really good film that's kind of it slid under the radar at the time and has kind of become a cult cult classic now. Yeah, I'm vaguely aware of it in that way, but I haven't seen anything, as you know. You, you've not seen you've seen nothing. But no, have I've you, never I've never seen a film. But have you seen Trading Places? I I have. That's a thing that I've seen. That is good to that know. I've watched. Do you want to talk about it? I I do. Yeah. It's almost as if that's the reason that I called you. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah. What, yeah. A, what a coincidence. <laughs> yeah. It's a good film for this. So this is our last episode of the year, even though we're recording this on December 23rd, which is Christmas Eve Eve if you're an idiot, Festivus if you're not. <laughs> so, Or December the 23rd if you're galaxy-brained like me. <laughs> You've been celebrating Festivus? No. Well. <laughs> I don't know it's what that is. What's Festivus? You've never heard of Festivus? No, it sounds like a horrible disease you catch by putting your balls in the mud. <laughs> oh no, I've got Festivus. I've got Festivus. You used to get it after playing football every year. Yeah. Yeah. No, Festivus. It's a some... secular holiday celebrated on December 23rd and as an alternative to the pressures and commercialism of the Christmas season. Yeah, that sounds like the kind of thing you could get behind, right? What did I say to that? Or have you, you've you've gone commercial? Oh, You're the man. Christmas is too commercial now. It's too commercial. <laughs> I'm gonna go celebrate a secular holiday instead. <laughs> well, Christmas done. is a secular holiday. It's when people, all people come together to worship Jesus Christ. We've had this conversation. It's <laughs> exactly right. No, it's from Seinfeld, and yeah. it was inspired by one of the writers who. Her family did actually used to have it and have all these like weird traditions that their dad made up. So what you're saying is that people watched a TV show and were like, I like that idea. I'm going to go do it now. Pretty much, yeah. Okay. You know what Which I'm... is how he ended up with popular music. You know what I'm going to do? What? I'm going to not celebrate festivals <laughs> and forget it even exists by the time next year comes around. Well, good, because one of the things festivals is the Eric of grievances, and I've got a lot of grievances to talk to you about. <laughs> do you? What are these grievances? That um, You're always asking if I've seen films, and you know I haven't seen any films. <laughs> it's true, it's true. <laughs> you're just ad-libbing all the way through every episode. You haven't I'm, just, I'm bluffing. This is the big reveal. 134 episodes in. This is the big reveal. I'm bluffing. I'm making it all up. I've never seen a film. One of these days you're going to get called out when I just say, so uh, Trading Places, it's interesting how they added that talking cat halfway through, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I loved it. That was that was the best bit. Yeah. I love talking cats. <laughs> um, but seriously, Trading Places. Yeah, I re- I really enjoyed this. Did you? It is good. It's good, and it's it's held up very well. So I I haven't watched it in a few years now. Um, Me neither. And it was nice to revisit it. Um, and it's it is kind of Christmassy. There's a lot of Christmas elements to it. And um, in my research, I found out that actually it's become a Christmas Eve classic in Italy. Where it so gets, I heard it yeah. gets shown in Italy on Christmas Eve every year, which I think is quite cute. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, and it is one of those ones that's starting to have that, as you say, it's got that cult classic status. It's starting to get shown in the cinemas around Christmas time or, you know, the the hip indie cinemas will show it. Yeah, yeah, which is nice. So kudos to you, film. Yeah, but I don't think it's one that you hear about that much, really. Even in the careers of Dan Aykroyd and Eddie Murphy, I think it's it's not as high up as high build as some of their other films, even though it's as good as any of them, I reckon. Yeah, it's true. You think of it versus, um, you know, Norbit, <laughs> Norbit, or or Pluto Nash. <laughs> Pluto Nash. I've still not. I really want to see that. Actually, I I started watching it before I knew how how notorious it was, and thought, oh, this is quite bad, and turned it off. Um, so I I, I kind of want to revisit it just to now that I know the context of how much it failed. Just we'll to, get to it. Yeah, just to just to see it because I love hokey, terrible sci-fi films. <laughs> After his successful nightclub is blown to flaming bullet, flaming bits, <laughs> Pluto and his band travel across the moon looking for clues, only to find out that the destruction of his club may have been his own fault. <laughs> <laughs> well, spoiler alert! Yeah, this is on the Google listing. <laughs> is, there, is it nightclub? There's two words. Nightclub. <laughs> Um, yeah. So, but oh, yeah, geez. you, you can it to 100 million box office, 7.1 million. Yeah, it did not do good. Ooh. 
Um, but but yeah, you Sorry. can you compare it to like Beverly Hill Cop or um, or the Nutty Professor or uh, or even Coming to America, which or was Coming a few to years America. later, or or Ghostbusters from Dan Aykroyd's perspective, or Blues Brothers. It's kind of slipped through the cracks a little bit, trading places. Um, yeah, and and there are some elements which are a little bit dodge. Oh yeah, uh, which we'll probably get onto a little bit later. Um, but overall, I think it holds up pretty well, and I think it's still. But quite those a elements movie. don't. Well, they certainly didn't spoil it for me at all. It's a bit where you know you're able to watch a film and go, okay, this is from 1983. People thought it was acceptable to black up on film. Then it's not acceptable anymore. It's fine. It's one scene I can you know accept that that wouldn't be done now, and I don't think that that's okay. But I still really enjoy this film. It, yeah, it, it contextually, you know, this is quite a long time ago now, 1983. Um, and you can understand, you know, the context then is very different to the context now. Not that it really makes it okay, but you no. can kind of understand it a bit more. It's it's not like um, since we're still in the Christmas spirit, fuck Fairy Tale of New York and fuck its homophobic <laughs> yes. nonsense. That homophobic nonsense in that film, uh, in that song, that film, was, you know, that famous film, that the famous Fairy Tale film. of New York, yeah, um, the film in which Shane McGowan yells at a woman on the streets of New York for an hour. <laughs> It's um, like a Christmas carol. Yeah, but, but not, but bad with in every single Irish way. folk music. Um, yeah, I hate that song and I hate the lyrics. And when people were like, oh, but it's fine for the time. It's like, no, it wasn't fine for the time. Yeah, it that was, was still didn't an it come out like 1992 or something? It was an incredibly offensive slur, even for the time when it was released. So get out. And, yeah. But what annoys me most about that is when people say, oh, well, you know, you have all these other people swearing and can't you just accept that it's a really good song it's so much better than most of the rubbish that's on the radio it's like a no it's not it's a piece of trash b it doesn't matter how good the song is it could be the greatest song in the world if you put in slurs in it if you put in genuinely bigoted yeah. nonsense it doesn't matter how great it is but the greatest song in the world is tribute by tenacious d and there are no slurs in that <laughs> well, so, the yeah. thing is right when when they were singing tribute they're singing about the greatest song in the world which they cannot remember which means yeah. it's not fairy tale of New York because they would have been able to remember it. Ergo, not yeah. the greatest song in the world. Get out, you hacks. <laughs> I don't trust anyone who says that that's their favorite Christmas song. Yeah, yeah. It's, if if someone says that, they are probably a lad. The, it, it's the it's the music. and lad is not restricted to a particular gender either. <laughs> it's the music equivalent of saying that Die Hard is a Christmas movie, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, it's kind of up there with the darkness Christmas song in terms of, oh, this is the one. That, oh, I don't mind that, that one. It's the one that people who are a little bit risque think that they can get away with saying to be a little bit. Yeah, but that's just got like a cheeky unique. pun in it. That's not, that's not a slur. No, no, but it's still sort of like, oh, this is a Christmas song for people who don't like Christmas songs. And that, and that's where kind of fairy tale of New York sat at the beginning is, you know, it was a very dark a, a lyrically dark song about Christmas time, and I think it kind of tapped into that vein, um, where people could like it even if they didn't like Last Christmas by Wham, for instance. Yeah, um, I don't dislike it as a narrative. You know, I think it, it's fine, and I do like the melody of it. As you say, it's just the cultural space that it occupies is just rotten, it isn't can, it? It can go fuck itself. <laughs> genuinely go fuck yeah, it. So. If you want a Christmas song with swearing, I've, I have you ever heard the song "Fuck You" if you don't like Christmas? <laughs> no, but I'm game for that. It's by um, Crudbump, who is a rapper. <laughs> He's very good, and it's it's a good song. I'll put it in the show notes. The best Christmas song of all time is, of course, Dominic the Donkey. Have you ever heard Dominic the Donkey? No, you just made that up. Well, that I'm telling you now, Paddy, that is going to be the intro music and outro music to this episode <laughs> when you hear it. It's about Dominic. <laughs> are, are you? Because when was the last time you edited the episode? <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was the fourteenth of never. I'm gonna. I'm gonna put the whole of the fairy tale of New York at the beginning and end of the episode, yeah, just um, to spite you. <laughs> No, you just the offensive bit. I, I, I'm telling you now, Paddy, you will listen to Dominic the Donkey and you will immediately <laughs> realise, okay, this needs to be the song that plays all the time um, for every single episode ever. It's amazing. It's about the Italian Christmas donkey. Okay. It's sung by Lou Monte, who is, do you know, do you know, know Lou Monte at all? No. Um, He was a 1950s and 1960s um 
comedy singer. He was kind of the 1960s version of Weird Al Yankovic. Right. Um, where he just sang Italian-themed novelty records, effectively. <laughs> um, <laughs> so all of them are... So... <laughs> Sorry, I just Googled it. I've got the lyrics open. It, it's really funny just to read it as if it's a poem. Hey, chingity ching, hee-haw, hee-haw. It's Dominic the donkey. Chingity ching, hee-haw, hee-haw. The Italian Christmas donkey. La 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 da Yep. L-A-E-O-H-D-A. That's a word, apparently. It's <laughs> definitely a word. Yeah, he, he, he... Okay, this looks awesome. I'm very excited for this. Yeah, you'll listen to it and you'll love it. And then you'll go, oh, I wonder what his other songs sound like. And you realise that all of them sound exactly the same, apart from they don't have uh, bells going in the background. <laughs> <laughs> you, you scroll down you go you've got those like incoherent google questions that somehow come up because people have typed them even though they don't know that you're not an idiot um people also ask is dominic the donkey offensive <laughs> <laughs> um so he is italian american so i think it's probably okay i'm sure it's fine um he also has such brilliant songs as peppino the italian mouse Please. I, I see a theme developing here. Peppino's Fend Pasquale, the Italian pussycat. Um, also, please, Mr. Columbus, turn the ship around. Oh, um, that that sounds like an interesting comment on colonialism. <laughs> Who stole my provolone? Hootenanny Italian style. <laughs> Jules Holland's still fighting him about that one. <laughs> um, Goomba Custer's Last Stand. Goomba? Paul Revere's Horse. Uh, and shut up, you face! <laughs> oh, what? Um, I don't know if that did was he the... do the original uh, shut up. Your I face? don't know if it was the original or not. When was shut up, your face released? No, so it was that was released in late 1980. So maybe he did a cover of it, right? Like very soon afterwards. Um, cool, cool. But yeah, so uh, <laughs> so what a esteemed career of our man Lou Monte. Wow. Um, but Lumonte, <laughs> this is an incredible diversion. Um, his real name is David Lumonte. But <laughs> that is a deep cut there, buddy. <laughs> That's a niche reference. <laughs> Incredibly niche. Um, so, uh, but yeah, he, he does not appear in the film Trading Places, unfortunately. No, he does not. As much as he should. Um, but, but the cast in this are great. Um, so, you know, you've got obviously Aykroyd and Murphy who, who work very well together. Uh, they've got a real sort of chemistry, a really good vibe going on in this movie. Yeah. When um, they both sort of start working together, they have the realisation that they've been played by the two old rich men and then they start working together. That's like, yes, you're like, yes, come on. Yes, you guys, you can do it. Yeah, you make a great team. Yeah, it's brilliant. Um, but then you've got Jamie Lee Curtis as well. Have I told you how much I love Jamie Lee Curtis? You have, yeah. She's great. And I... I read that um, this is one of her first films outside of horror where she'd been very much kind of typecast and been wanting to sort of break away from it and they took a chance on her and I think it paid off because she's great. Yeah, it is. It's really good. And, and yeah, she had been in things like The Fog, Halloween, um, Halloween 2, of course. Um, but then, yeah, she, she got this breakout in Trading Places where she could really show her comedic uh, skills. And I think even now people don't recognise how good Jamie Lee Curtis is at comedy um yeah which is something that she's got better and better at over time so i don't know if you saw um uh scream queens on tv the other year no um it's one of the funniest shows i've ever seen in my life it's a horror comedy um from the people behind um uh, american horror story i Um, think i saw a trailer for it and thought it looked quite good and it's effectively a send-up of um of slasher movies the first series in particular um the second series didn't do very well and they never showed all of it in the uk unfortunately they just showed a couple of episodes um but yes it's um it's this yeah this this very very funny horror comedy about um these this serial killer at a american college and uh jamie lee curtis plays the dean and is just so funny in it um and uh, recently, she was also incredible in Knives Out. I don't know if you saw Knives Out. No, again, I think it looks really good, and it's got really good reviews. Yeah, it's probably like see it. it's probably the best film I've seen all year. It's so good. Um, so I highly recommend. You know, you you might not get a chance to see it at the cinema, but I recommend you f- watch it when it comes to streaming services or whatever. 
Apparently, um, it's worth it just for Daniel Craig's accent. He's he's amazing. He's got this great um, uh, like Kentucky accent. It's brilliant. Um, and yeah, it's 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 well worth a watch. A very funny, very clever film. Incredibly well directed. Um, and uh, I'll talk more about it in, in the next episode where we talk about our next movie. And um, we'll be talking about things that are on in the cinema now. Yeah, I know, current right? films. What's all that about? A current film. <laughs> What's all that about? Um, but yeah, Knives Out is great, and and Jamie Lee Curtis is amazing in that. Um, but she's very funny in this, and I think kind of also provides a heart to this movie, and is like yeah. one of the only people in this film who has a sense of decency, I suppose. Yeah, because she she takes him in when she he's really down on his luck, and she has no reason to do so or to believe him about the fact that he's a rich guy and all his credit cards have stopped working and he's like, he's literally on his knees and he's like walking towards her still on his knees, which is really funny. Um, and she's just like, oh yeah, okay, you can come and like live live with me while you get back on your feet. And she has no reason to do that. And she sort of nurses him to health in a really tender way. The sort of incongruously tender but it works really well against the backdrop of all the the horrible old men who are playing the situation just for laughs, basically. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's it 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 does provide this kind of grounding to the film that otherwise it might get a little bit too farcical, I suppose. Yeah, um, it would just be too much like relentless bad things happening, bad things happening, bad things happening to him. So even though it is like loads of bad things happening to him over and over. Um, it doesn't feel that way because she's there tempering it. Yes, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and it's intercut with scenes of, um, you know, Eddie Murphy learning how to become a rich man and going, hey, when I was a kid, if we wanted a jacuzzi, we had to fart in the tub. <laughs> <laughs> which is a great line. Which is which is a great line. Um, That's a classic Eddie Murphy kind of line, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and, and there's loads of brilliant dialogue in this film. There's loads of really good little witty one-liners. You know, um, vulgar, but still funny. Yes, yeah. Um, which is what you want. And I, I, th- that's the kind of humour that really worked incredibly well in the 80s as well. Um, yeah. Is that kind of stuff, which doesn't really... You don't really see that kind of stuff now. I tried to make that joke earlier today and no one was having it. <laughs> was it just because you were telling Eric? Yeah. Um, he was also asleep. <laughs> and a sleep baby. And even then he still groaned at it. Yeah. He just went... <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, I think it's kind of low key funny as well. I, there aren't that many laugh out loud moments, are there? But genuinely most scenes are very, very funny and it really keeps the humor ticking along in a way that a lot of films from that era do and films that are just solid and have a really, really good, solid comic story. That's, you know, it's a classic narrative, isn't it? It's like the Prince and the Pauper or a Christmas Carol or any of those kind of stories where, uh, where it's a rags to riches thing or people have to confront their sins or whatever but it manages to present it in a way that never feels tropey or derivative and it just it flows really solidly yeah exactly it and you're right it's there's just some it manages to maintain that air of humor all the way through which is something that's so rare that kind of it understands and it gets the the viewer involved in that humorous atmosphere and slowly ramps it up all the way through to the end. So you've got you've got those scenes that that border more on the farcical the further the film goes on. So you know you've got um, the, my favorite scene in the whole movie is where he's dressed up in that filthy Santa outfit and he's just, <laughs> and he's stuffing, just all the food. He's stuffing the food in. <laughs> And then after his plan goes wrong, he's just there sitting on sitting on the bus and just pulls out that huge chunk of meat. And just <laughs> isn't it a fish? Eating. Oh yeah, no, it's salmon, isn't it's it? A yeah, big he pulls salmon. out that salmon and he's just eating it, getting his beard stuck in the fish as he's eating it. Um, it's really grotesque. It's incredibly <laughs> grotesque. It's really horrible, um, and it's just it's almost gives you that tactile feel almost to the scene um, yeah it's a film that really engages the senses yes yeah which is so rare to do and so skillfully done um but uh yeah that that scene always stands out for me um which i guess is part of the reason why it feels so good as a christmas movie 
um it, it is there's those little pockets so overall you know christmas doesn't apart from it being set around christmas time it doesn't really stand out as being a christmas film but it's those little snippets and pockets of you know new year's eve christmas where it really sets the scene and lets you know where it's set and also it's a joyful film about redemption and about seeing the best in people which are all you know christmas themes and if it happens to be a film that you watch around christmas time that is a christmas film to you right everyone has their christmas films yeah exactly and there's lots of movies that have become christmas classics that aren't necessarily christmasy so you know like the great escape for instance yeah yeah we we talked about that before didn't we yeah i mentioned the brave little toaster which is just uh brilliant um yeah exactly so there's all these different um all the all these different um movies that that help set that feel of christmas and this this does it incredibly well too yeah but i think it could also work as a post-christmas film for you know the gooch of the festive season where you're in that bit between christmas and new year and you're like what what am i going to watch now i'm still off work if you're lucky enough to still be off work you know i've got all this all these pigs and blankets lying around I've got a tub of celebrations that's mostly bounties, but there's still a few of the good ones left. You know, what am I going to watch now? It'd be good for that kind of thing as well. See, I am one of those people that brings balance to the celebrations. The force. <laughs> I bring balance to the force. Um, no, I bring balance to the celebrations thing because I like a good bounty. Oh, Jesus. I don't know if that's balance so much as just outright lunacy. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're definitely a Sith. Otherwise it's wastage, isn't it? <laughs> well no um our friend sam and rosie came up this weekend and um i think one of them likes bounties so before they left i put all, i took all the bounties out of our bag our box of celebrations and put them in one of the little um gift bags that we have and wrapped it up and gave it to them and said merry christmas oh there we go so that's what you need to do you need to find the the one insane person that you know who likes bounties or in my case i've got two um and wrap them up and give them to them oh very nice with a note saying i love you i meant it <laughs> oh um yeah i i love a good bounty i don't really like the big bounty bars as much though do, yeah. you, do you feel as though celebrations are better than regular sized chocolate bars somehow yes and i don't even know what it is it's it's definitely like a trick isn't it yeah it's definitely a false economy but the little milky way ones oh just one one perfect bite there's some mad science around it isn't there it must be some kind of ratio of mouth to chocolate to nougat or something like that. The golden ratio. Yeah, the golden ratio. Um, the chocolate ratio. Am I going to get ratioed for my love of bounties? That's the question. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> um, but yeah. That's like, the coconut ratio. The coconut. Yeah. And I, I think that's why those smaller bounties taste good, because there's that higher chocolate to coconut ratio. Because you've got chocolate yeah. on all sides rather than if you're eating a bounty, you take a bite. There's always a coconut side to a bounty bite. That's true, actually. Whatever the filling is, it's reduced to an appropriately stomachable amount. Like, I wouldn't usually go for a Snickers, but the small Snickers is just fine. Yeah, because I feel as though Snickers, um, when you eat a full-size one, you get too much caramel. So the caramel and the the nut gets sort of too overpowering of the rest of the chocolate bar, and it becomes too sickly. Um, Whereas when you've got the little ones, the little ones are great. For sure. I don't mind them. I always they're they're not high up on my list. They're not the first ones I go for. But if I happen to pick one out, I'm like, all right. What's your what's your number one? Milky Way and then Maltesers. See, the Maltesers are good. The Milky Ways are fine. Um, they're they're not my favourite. I do like the little mini Twixes as well. I think Twix yeah. is an underrated biscuit. Those chocolate. were a good addition. They didn't used to have them, did they? Did they replace something else? Whatever it was, it's been lost to the memory. Yep, it's gone now. Replaced by Twix. Yeah, no, no pointing grieving. I, for one, welcome <laughs> our new Twix overlords. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Trading Places is set in Philadelphia as well, which is good because there aren't, you'd ex- maybe expect this kind of film to be set in New York. And like it's not like it's a big deal that it's in Philadelphia, but it is nice in the title sequence, which has brilliant thumping classical music. Bit of Mozart, can't go wrong with that. And it kind of, and that, um, the Mozart's Marriage of Figaro follows it through the film as well in a really, really nice way that, again, lends it a sort of air of false seriousness that I really like. 
And it's the same with um, Animal House as well. We should talk about Animal House at some point. You seen Animal House? I love Animal House. So good. Yeah, I, I'd love to watch that sometime. Is well, there any John Landis as well, it? right? Yeah. There's loads, there's loads of people getting off with each other. Yeah, but is it romance? <laughs> well, there's a thing with um, Boone and what's her name, isn't there? They have, there's like a there's a proper thing there. Mm, maybe. Well, I'll have to rewatch it and then we can decide. Well, there's, there's more romance in that than there is in Trading Places, I would say. But is, is that true, though? There's more lust in Animal House. But is yep. there is there There's a lot of John Belushi raising his eyebrows at a pair of buttocks. <laughs> oh, that's that's ninety percent of the runtime. Yeah, that and Louis Louis playing on a loop in the back. Louis Louis, and then the rest is the is the principal walking in and saying, "Quiet boy, or you'll be out of here like shit through a goose." <laughs> as much as I love Animal House, um, I think I love the spoof of it in Futurama even more with Robot House. Do you remember? That I don't episode? know if I've seen that one. So they go to Mars University and they all enroll, and Bender's goes to his old alma mater there. And finds that they're all nerds, and he decides to take them under his wing. Um, and they basically just do Animal House, apart from its um, robots and its robot house. So it's even Sounds great. It's got a snooty Dean shouting, "Robot house!" It's amazing. <laughs> do they go on double secret probation? But yeah, triple secret probation. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it's amazing. It's really good. Brilliant. And that's an earlier work of John Landis. And I think you can see the sensibility of that in Trading Places, can't you? Even though Trading Places, I think, actually aims a lot higher because it does have a certain moral um, moral fibre to it, if that's the right phrase. It does. It does. There's a, there's a definite right and wrong in this movie. Um, and there's definite morals that it's trying to put forward, which is mainly don't be a greedy bastard who's evil. But yeah. It's still, it's or still you all, will lose everything. <laughs> it, it, it's still all, all wrapped in that irreverent comedy that allows someone to get sexually assaulted by a gorilla. Um, yeah, it's just one example. <laughs> it's a bit of a nasty scene. Which is a very they don't nasty really they scene. don't really show it, but the implication is there. The implication it? is very horrible. Um, which yeah, which doesn't necessarily fly that well these days. A bit like the joke in The Simpsons where he gets sexually assaulted by a panda. Yeah, um, yeah, it's a bit like oh, that's a bit dodge. I'm not too sure about that. Age aged worse than when Homer Simpson's singing a Gary Glitter song, I think. Oh God, um, I didn't do, know about do that. Do you remember that he's singing? I can't remember what song it is, but yeah, it's a Gary. Is Glitter it song. Rock and Roll Christmas? Unfortunately, not. Um, which is... I heard that in a shop the other day. Oh, <laughs> really? Yeah, in amongst all the other Christmas songs. I was thinking, hang on, guys, how did this one get in there? <laughs> well, I suppose if places are still going to play Michael Jackson songs. And have been yeah. playing Michael Jackson songs for the last fifteen to twenty years. You can probably get away with playing Gary Glitter now. It's not. It's not as though he's going to get any of the royalties, is he? I, I don't know what happens to royalties when you go to prison in Vietnam. <laughs> well, that's a very good question. Um, I think they go to um, Animal House, don't they? Yeah, definitely. Go to National Lampoon's Animal House. That's um, how. That's where they get their money from. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I, I imagine that he doesn't see any of it. So. Go and listen. You, you can probably listen to Gary Glitter. So, if you want to listen any... to Rock and Roll Christmas, we're not judging you. Yeah, it probably not. Any Except of that we moment. kind of are, but we, we are kind of judging you. But you... that was on. Um, you know, when you're growing up, you have that one comp- Christmas compilation CD that you always used to put on. That was on our one of that that we had. It was about track seven, track eight. Yeah, it was always on ours as well. Um. But, uh, but yeah, he, he probably wouldn't get the money. No. He's probably never going to get out, is he? So No. Absolutely not. So, yeah, you can. we will judge you. Don't get us wrong. <laughs> we will be judging you. And we'll know. We will know we, if we you will listen know, to yeah. Gary Glitter. We've got, a little, we've got a little alarm in the big boys' offices. It's got There's an app for that. Um, and no, it's a genuine physical alarm on the wall. And yeah, you know, to... we're, we're sitting here right now and we've got the on-air button on in our very fancy studio. Yeah. Next to that next is to that, the Gary Glitter it's, Alarm. It's a glitter alarm. <laughs> and every so often you just get a that comes off it and, and we go over to the computer and it's one of those old computers that does a printout and we get a little printout and it gives us the location and name of the people who are listening to Gary Glitter songs. And like, like a fax. And it's like, oh, 
George, George Mason from Dumbartonshire. It just gives to us Gary the, um, the longitude and the latitude. Yeah. <laughs> like, mate, you, you fucked it. You listened to Gary Glitter. Yeah. What you're playing at. And then we put you down in our database, put a little note next to you. Yeah. Um, and, and then it, we send you some coal. Yeah, we send you some coal at Christmas time. <laughs> um, but that, that, But that's all that will happen to you. Yeah, just a bit of coal. Bit of coal and the knowledge in your head that you're forever hated by us. Yeah. Can you live I with think, that? I think if I received some coal for Christmas, right, the, the, symbolism, the symbolism of it would freak me out more than the object itself, right? Yeah, coal. Have I been bad? Am I a bad person? Am I a bad person? Are we person? the baddies? Yeah, are we, are we the baddies? <laughs> um, yeah, so it, it's true, isn't it? Is coal... For for us, coal was really almost a an archaic form of heating, wasn't it? So I know that our, our next door neighbour had a coal fire. Really? Um, but we were, you know, just gas radiators. Yeah. Or, or like a, a, a log fire, not a coal one. Um, so instead, like for our generation and onwards, coal has always had this symbolism of being naughty at Christmas time. Yeah. It's not. It's not about coal mining or anything. That's a thing of the past. Yeah. So yeah, it's interesting the negative connotations of coal. Yeah. You ever tried coal? Disgusting. Bitten into a piece. <laughs> it's yeah. revolting. Yeah. Trying. You're trying great a bit <laughs> on your dinner. Makes everything taste bad. Ruins your grater. Although you know there is this trend now for like charcoal blackened croissants or whatever. Yeah. It just. But someone just burned them under an oven, yeah. didn't they? Looks so like, nasty. Oh. Like, why would you buy that? <laughs> just like, oh, damn it, we burn it quickly. <laughs> Some of them yeah. blackened. <laughs> Quick, mark it up, mark it up. <laughs> <laughs> um, it'll all be okay. It'll be okay. If we all believe the lie is strong enough, we'll be fine. Um, I've used charcoal toothpaste before, which is very scary because you spit out basically black toothpaste gunk. Charcoal toothpaste. It's, it, yeah, it was very disconcerting. Why? Um, I don't know. It was a, 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 it was something brought back from my other half's work that they were trialing. Right. Okay. And, uh, so they had this free sample, and they're like, "Oh, go and try this." And I was like, mm, well, "Tastes fine. It, it it tastes like regular minty toothpaste, but uh, yeah, you spit out black." Which made me okay. feel very goth. It made me feel like Marilyn Manson. For yeah, that, actually, that, that seems like the kind of thing you'd enjoy. Which I did love. I was just there being like, oh, look at me. I'm great. Which I'm... It's all relative to the glean of your teeth. <laughs> nice. But Marilyn yeah, Manson... Yeah, tra- trading places are just great. It's, it's a really <laughs> Mar- great Marilyn film. Manson oh, Sorry, talk, talk about Marilyn Manson, please. <laughs> I mean, uh, I know we've got a movie to talk about. But, Brian Warner. But 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 quick note, I like Marilyn Manson. I think he's cool. And yeah. uh, it's one of those things where people say, if you had a time machine, who would you go back and see live? And obviously you've got sort of like, oh yeah, you go back and see Hendrix. Uh, for me, I'd go and see King Crimson in their original lineup mm, for the, for the cool. first album. That would be amazing. But also I'd go back to see Marilyn Manson at his peak. When he had... I saw him at the Reading Festival. Oh, okay. Two thousand and four, five. So a little, a little bit after his peak, but still pretty much but prime Manson territory. Pretty pri- prime Manson, yeah. I'd say. And he was awesome. He was so good. I think he was on before Iron Maiden or someone. I honestly can't remember, but he was incredible. He was yeah. absolutely amazing. Like I, I'd love to go and see him. When he had all of like the the people on stilts in the background, all of the horrible gothic imagery. Um, there was as much of that as you could get into a festival slot, which is which is really what I'd love to see. So yeah, I w- I would go back and see him. You know, um, maybe like Antichrist Superstar tour. I think that would be that would be really cool seeing him around then. Um, yeah, which would be which would be great. I'd I'd do that. That would be awesome. Um, but yeah, who who would you see if you had a time machine? Who would you go back? I don't and see? know. I would actually, as long as we're talking about him, I would quite like to go go back and see Eddie Murphy um, do stand up in the eighties. Oh, okay. Because yeah. a lot of his specials you can watch now, and uh, as you say, some of the content it really doesn't hold up and is offensive. 
but he just had this electric presence and he was really, really funny. And I would have loved to have seen that because it really felt like a moment. Mm, yeah, there was some very, some very bad content that he had. Um, yeah. But yeah, that would be interesting, actually. Um, I'm not sure if there's any comedians I'd see. And Bill Hicks, I'd like to see. Bill Hicks would be interesting. I'd, I'd go and watch um, Jeff Butler. Prince. Prince, obviously. Um, I think that's my number one, actually, because I never saw Prince. And um, see him on the Purple Rain tour, that would have been just out of this world yeah that would have been really good i'd see pink floyd in their peak um Mm -hmm. jeff buckley i think nirvana oh yeah guns and roses in like a dingy venue like a dingy shitty thousand person venue would be amazing as well No, no i think you want to see guns and roses when like appetite for destruction has just come out but it's the tour that they've booked before the album hits its peak so it's before they start doing stadiums and stuff but all the songs are there the presence is there they know they're on the up that's the time you want to see guns Mm. and roses yeah that's true actually yeah that would be um that would be amazing oh man that would be so good we could do this all day (laughs) should we set up a new podcast for bands the 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 hot tub time machine of music that, that's a film I would Duke, Jukebox Time Machine, the new Paddy and Rob podcast. Jukebox Time Machine. Yeah. I bet there's like, if you were someone as influential and conservative as Richard Curtis, you could pay the music industry to do that film. You probably or could probably actually pay you. you. Yeah. Like he got to do a Beatles film with all the songs in it. Yeah. Yeah. Which apparently isn't great. It, 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 the trailers made me want to curl up in a ball and die. Oh, that's a film we should look at then. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm game if you are. It looks yeah, absolutely. Sure. I, I heard good things about it, but it looked absolutely terrible to me. Um, but yeah, I'm game if you are. Let's watch it. Yeah. Um, but you know what didn't make me crawl up into a ball and die is Trading Places. I like this film. Yeah. Just, just try and get it back on track. Just for a little. This is a great film, and I hadn't seen it for a long time actually. But now I feel like this could be in my regular um, Christmas and New Year film rotation. Oh, that's sure. cool. That's cool. Yeah, um, yeah, I enjoyed it. I don't know if I'd put it into like a yearly watch list, or whether I just revisit it every so often. But it's 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 really nice. I'll get back to you about it this time next year. Yes, yeah. Um, whereas yeah, yeah, it's good. I think all the performances are good. There's nobody who lets the side down. No, um, everyone's really great in it. Um, very very competent. Very funny. Um, it does rain at points, which I don't believe because I've been told that it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's just the, the hilarious thing where, um, yeah, the dog pees on his foot. <laughs> he's in the Santa suit. He's obviously got all this food. He's homeless. He's down in his luck. A dog's just peed on his foot and now it's raining. What's great as well is that dog actually looks like Poppins from It's Always Sunny. He does. Yeah. <laughs> Can we get a crossover? Hey, Always Sunny guys. <laughs> we know you're listening. We know you're listening. Do you want to do you want to do a crossover with Trading Places? That would actually be awesome. Get get on it. Get on it. I could see them doing an episode based on that if they haven't. Yeah, already. they could definitely do a subversive take on it at some point, which would be very funny. Like their one of my favorite episodes is the one where they do flowers for Algernon. Oh um, yeah, so so well done. It's so funny. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's it's uh. It's a good film. It's a really good film, and it's kind and of uh... Clarence Beeks is the kind of the shadowy agent who's the the um, the Dukes have employed to make all this happen, and he's the angry principal from the Breakfast Club. Oh, amazing! Yeah, he's the <laughs> one who wants to. He's going to crack some skulls. Sorry, he's I was, just so I was, great. I was, I was yawning. The, uh... then. I was going to say that he's great. <laughs> you were yawning at the idea of cracking skulls. Uh, no, I was yawning. He's at... going to come over there and crack your skull. He is going to come get me. I'm scared now. <laughs> He was yeah, surprisingly to... young in this film, but still very good. Yeah, it's it's um, but every everyone does good, and it, it it is that movie that appears before everyone gets known for their bigger role. So I mean, we'd already had Blues Brothers by this point. Yeah. Um. But but um, Ghostbusters was the year after. Um, and and you know that was a real huge success. Um, for for Aykroyd. Um, and then, as we said, Eddie Murphy went on to do Beverly Hills Cop and everything like that. Um, which, yeah, it's 
but I feel like this movie is just as good as some of those movies that came after it. Certainly better oh, than absolutely. some of the dodgier things that people have been in. Yeah, definitely. It, yeah, it's definitely a high point in Eddie Murphy's catalogue, for sure. Yeah, you put, I'd put this up there with Murphy's best. For sure. Yeah, you know, you compare it to some of the Nutty Professor movies, for instance. <laughs> uh this is yeah. this is the a... first one's not terrible no no it's not it's not awful but uh after that it's just about watchable probably yeah. well i say that i haven't seen it for a long time I, I i imagine in my head i kind of think of that as a parallel to uh flubber do you remember flubber yeah yeah where it's another which is yeah a bit stupid but not awful yeah another zany uh, zany professor type, zany scientist played by a renowned comedic star doing silly things. And you're like, hmm, you could be doing more with your time. Yeah, you don't need this. No, no. Um, but in, in Ackroyd News, have you seen the trailer for the new Ghostbusters? I have not, no. It's got people in it. It's got It's got people in it, people you know. Yeah, so, I mean, we've got um, the the original cast members who are still alive are coming back. Oh, right. Um, but it's like a sequel. Yeah. So, with, with so them all being up. So it's a sequel. Um, but then I think the main people in it are youngsters. So we've got Finn Wolfhard. Um, ah, of course. Um, the hardest working child in showbiz. Uh, yep, exactly. We've got um, McKenna Grace. So, you know, gifted that we watched. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, she, she's the girl in that. Um, but then also Paul Rudd as like the teacher type person when all these or kids the guru are, figure. Yeah, when all these kids are, are gallivanting around being Ghostbusters. But then yeah, so you've got um you've got Ackroyd back, you've got Sigourney Weaver back, you've got Bill Murray back, you've got Ernie Hudson back. Um so it'll be yeah, it'll be interesting to see how good it is. I'm I'm open to it. Yeah, it's it's directed by Jason Reitman. Um, cool, cool. Who's, you know, you don't did Juno, for instance. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's kind of ignoring the female remake of Ghostbusters that came out a few years ago. Which is a shame. Yeah, because that was... Yeah, I wouldn't say it was a good film, but I feel like the reaction to it was far worse than the movie itself. Yeah, very stupid. Um, it's Ghostbusters, guys. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like it's Star Wars. Speaking of... <laughs> <laughs> No, that's next week. Yeah. We're not allowed to say we, anything. Yeah, about this we've week. got I, I have things to Spoiler say. Spoiler alert, we're doing Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker doing, next week. Yeah, we're doing Star Wars. I have things to say. I don't know what your opinion is on it, Paddy. You've been you you have kept deceptively quiet about it. So I'm yeah. very interested to learn what your thoughts were of this film, whereas I have not been as quiet <laughs> in, <laughs> in how I feel about that film. So it's gonna be it's gonna be an exciting one. Um but do you have yeah, anything else to say be. about um, about trading places. Um, all the small roles are very, very good as well. Um, Jim Belushi as the as the as ape gorilla man, man. <laughs> yeah, which is great. He's just really drunk and belligerent, but in a funny way. It's very, it's he's great. very funny in that that very small role. Yeah, Frank Oz as a police officer, and Bo Diddley as a pawnbroker. Uh, yes, yeah, that? yeah, that was great. Really random, but why not? <laughs> yeah exactly but it's yeah it's those neat little roles isn't it yeah i'll tell you another bit that absolutely cracked me up is when um it just suddenly cuts to like all of um dan Aykroyd's like harvard buddies and they're singing in a random like acapella song that they've obviously made up about the women that they're with and it's just so stupid but you think that that's exactly the kind of thing that those kind of people do yes and it's yeah. just spot on yeah it's um like there's no scene where you're like, this isn't funny. This adds nothing to the story. This is this moves on. Like I'd say, this is actually a really good film to look at for like writing as well. It's really well written and well paced, and it all comes together really well. And everything is part of the story and part of the fabric of the film. Yeah, it, even those sillier moments, they all feed in incredibly well, don't they? Yeah, it all it all works incredibly well together. So yeah, it, it's it's such a neat film. Yeah, neat so is the right word. Well put together. It's neat and kind of low key, but consistently funny. Great performances all round. Holds up well for the time that it's from. Doesn't seem overly dated, apart from one or two bits. Yeah, it's good. So yeah, it's a it's a good one. It's a good one. 
And I always like when they have loud, like thumping classical music over the um, title sequence. That, <laughs> that always hooks me in. Yeah. Over like urban scenes. Yeah. That, you that hated Black Swan. <laughs> probably did that. I said thumping. I didn't say apocalyptically crashing. <laughs> yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so it's good it's good this film go watch it yeah it's a good one it's a good good film i think as well to round off the year yeah it it is It, it fits that like you said it fits that perfect time between christmas and new year very well yeah and is a is a christmas film a good Christmas film. Yes. So yeah, sorry that sure. we didn't do New Year's Eve again, but um, there there's it is. always there's always next year. It's always next year, <laughs> yeah. or never again. Either yeah. way, I, either's fine by me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> One's very good by me. <laughs> yep. I know you always want to watch it again because I mean, you I love the Fenator. I do. I do love that film so much. Yeah. You got the poster on your wall. I do just of Zach Efron in this movie. Yep. All <laughs> <laughs> right, um, how are we gonna rate this? Oh, that's a good question. Um how many millions would you wager on frozen orange juice? Off the frozen orange juice futures. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the the commodities and stuff where it's all like actually in the opening scene where they're in the back of the car with the highly advanced technology trading pork bellies. <laughs> That made me chuckle. <laughs> it's just all that kind of thing is set up. It's all like everything in the background is funny as well. It's just, yes, yeah. yeah. That's um, good. It is good. I would waste 17 millions. And I would go just one lower at 16. It's yeah. a very funny film. Yeah, that's great. Well paced, good length, good to look at. Lots of very good cuts as well from scene to scene. Yeah. It's a very enjoyable comedy that is well worth your time. Yes, definitely so. Nice. We've already said what we're going to do next, haven't we? We have, yeah. So we've got Star Wars. Yeah, we've seen the Star War. Yeah, the the war in the stars. The last war in the stars. (laughs) The war in our stars. That was one of those teen cancer books. (laughs) It was, it was. Yeah. Um, We already did our kind of Star Wars special, didn't we, back when we talked about Attack of the Clones, but... This is about a new Star Wars film. It's exciting. Yes, yeah. It, it does have a romantic moment in it. It does. It does. But also we've got to get in on the zeitgeist. And since I can't convince you to go and watch Cats just yet. Well, I'm, I'm open to it. <laughs> I'm open to it. Are you, are you going to see it? I I am currently doing my best Iago in right. trying to capture someone into going to see it with me. Um. <laughs> But you I mean would... the um, the parrot from the Lion King? Exactly. Yeah. Oh no, <laughs> no, I mean, no, no. Uh, yeah, Aladdin. Aladdin. Sorry, Aladdin. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to get ratioed by <laughs> Disney fans. They're going to have by ba- my own family. Ba- bounty haters coming after me. Disney fans coming after you. Bounty haters, not bounty hunters. No, no Mandalorians, unfortunately. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm excited to talk about this. Yeah, me too. It's going to be interesting. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, cool. Well, in that case, unless you have anything else you want to talk about, I think think this is it. I think that's it. Another year. Yeah, just Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to you all. Yeah, so we're recording this before Christmas. By the time you hear it, it'll be Christmas will have already happened. Be in the gooch. So enjoy it. Put your feet up. (laughs) Watch some films. Watch Trading Places. Watch some other films about redemption and stuff, you know. Yes, yeah. Get on it. Get on it. Enjoy yourself. You're you're good. You're a good person. Unless we sent you coal, in which case you're not. Yeah, in which case you're not. Get out. Yeah. Get out of it. <laughs> but thank you so much for tuning in. We really, really do appreciate it. Christmas is a time to, you know, to be thankful. And we're very thankful to all of you for the gift of your listenership. Yes, thank you, everybody. You are thank great. You. And we hope that um, New Year brings you all the joy and happiness in the world yes especially through film indeed indeed 
I mean, can it get worse than Cats in 2020? That's the question. That is the big question, isn't it? I we'll ask so. that question when we've seen it. Yeah, I hope so. I hope we continually get worse and more <laughs> bizarre movies forevermore. Yep. I think some it, it, filmmakers, your aim for 2020 is to try and top Cats. Yeah, get on it, guys. You can do yep. it. We believe in you. And that's nothing to do with Top Cat, who lived in a bin. <laughs> you need to make a movie that yep. is too bad to go in the bin. That's your... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the regular bin is too good for this for this film, whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, actually, that one you sent me—that's um, like a conservative Christian Christmas movie. That looks too bad for the bin. It does. It'll be a new it? section. Too bad for the bin. <laughs> <laughs> too bad. What, for what's the it bin. called? A patriot, God-fearing, gun-loving Christmas. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, anyway, I'll find it. I'll find what that film is and pop it in the show notes. Yes, check it in. Check it in. Yep. And we will be back next week to talk about Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker. Oh yes, indeedy. All right. Bye All bye right. and happy Bye-bye. New Year. Happy oh, merry, New Merry New Year. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Jingity Jing, it's Dominic the donkey, Jingity Jing, the Italian Christmas donkey, la la 